welcome to our podcast. Uh, my name is Jim Hughes, and I'm here with Jerry Wyant. This is a podcast that's called The Gospel According to Jesus. I'm so excited about this and this opportunity because I believe God's opened this door for us. But it's also an opportunity to open God's Word and to really get into the meat of God's Word, grow in God's Word, talk about God's Word, speak God's Word. The reason this really prompted me is because I talk to people all the time that go to churches, some don't go to churches, but they're hungry. And they're hungry for God. They're hungry for God's Word. And when you open the Word to them, even a, a simple scripture, some of them will say, you know, I've never heard that before, or I've, I don't remember that being in the Bible. I mean, it says there's just a hunger. Jerry, you mentioned that even on social media, you're seeing a desire for God's Word. You mentioned that the last time we spoke about how people just in that arena are hungry for God's Word. So really the theme of what our upcoming programs are going to be based on is Amos 8.11. And I'm going to read that. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. Now listen to this. Not a famine of bread or a thirst for water. I mean, we, we live in America. We're, we're not hurting. We're, I mean, even the poorest people in America are rich in the parts of the world that don't have anything. But he's not talking about that. I mean, even though you can go to Kroger, Walmart right now, and you can probably see shelves that are empty just due to the virus, but he's not talking about a thirst for food or thirst for water, but he's talking about hearing the words of the Lord. And that's the way it's written here, hearing the words of the Lord. So Jerry, when you hear that scripture, what, do you, what, what comes to mind? What do you think about Jim is talking about famine, and famine is, is a lack of something. When there's no food in the land, there's obviously a lack of something to sustain your body. When you talk about water, you can't live very long without water. God's word, Amos is saying, is there's going to be a lack of it. I ponder that because how do you have a lack of God's word? We have Bibles everywhere. You've got preachers on TV, televangelists, pastors in your church. So much of the word is going forth all over the world. There's many, many missionaries, still lost people, but there's many missionaries preaching God's word. Talk about, Amos talks about hearing. It makes me wonder if it's the people that aren't hearing or is the word not going out properly. Now in Revelations, it says in all seven of the churches, he says, those that have ears, listen to the word to those churches. And I look at, we have the United States of America and churches on every corner, everywhere. Although the pandemic has slowed down a lot of the attendance, where is the problem of hearing God's word? And sometimes I think that it's, it's a, a feel good gospel that so many of our churches, our televangelists are preaching. They're not teaching the whole mm -hmm. word of God. And when that happens, you have a hunger in our spirits for more of that. And if we can't hear to grow, to be what God's called us to be, it presents a problem in our culture and in our lives. It's not what God intended for us to do. He intended us to live the full gospel. And I think it has to go forth. And people's ears have to be open. And that famine is a part where, even as you and I are preaching today from this podcast, we have to preach the full word to encourage people to become all that they can be using the gifts that God poured out 
that we may become the church that he wants to see. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and as you were talking, I was thinking about hearing the word of God. They have to have the word of God, right? And so I think there is a famine, not only for hearing, but also for proclaiming the word of God, especially in America. I think that we, we struggle with that. And I think what we're seeing now is a really the difference between something that's authentic and something that's synthetic. Talking to people, hearing people on the radio or even on TV, I see a lot of synthetic messages coming through. And I think people, their hearts don't receive that. They want the true Word of God. We should be able to hear that, right? And we should be able to understand that. And I think that's really where we are. And when we talk about something that's synthetic, I think about where you and I worked. I mean, I worked at BP Chemical and you worked at Dow and we we produced something synthetic that was sold on the open market, something that made plastics. What we need is we need something authentic. And so we as believers have to be able to open our hearts, open our minds and understand exactly what you're saying out of Revelations. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying into the churches. And you should be able to. If you're a true believer, 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. What does that mean? Well, that's exactly what uh, Nicodemus wanted to know when he came to Jesus. This is a religious man. When you read that story in John 3, it always just blows me away how this person couldn't hear. He comes to Jesus and he wants to know, you know, how how he can make it into heaven, how how he's going to be able to make it into the kingdom of God. And Jesus marvels at this because Nicodemus was a Pharisee, very intelligent person, schooled in the best schools of that day, would probably be considered like a cardinal in the Catholic Church, you know, just very, very influential. And yet he comes to Jesus, and he comes to him by night, Jerry, because he doesn't want anybody to see him. I mean, how many times have you seen that? How many times have you seen people pull you aside and go, you know, I, I, I really believe what you're saying. It's, it's hard to make it known to other people. But Jesus says, look, this is what's going to have to happen. You're going to have to be born again. That message, being born again, is what is missing in the messages coming across pulpits today. You must be born again. That's what Jesus is telling him. That's a heart transformation. That's not a head knowledge. That's not understanding a certain amount of facts about Jesus. So Jesus comes on the scene, and he's the proclaimed Messiah. This is, when you look at his uh, resume, he meets all the criteria for being the Messiah. The religious people don't believe him, but they see something about him. They see his signs, wonders, and miracles. They see what he's doing. He has all the pedigree of, of who the Messiah should be. And he's telling Nicodemus, this is what's going to have to happen. You have to be born again. That's a heart transformation, Jerry. That's, a, that's something that happens supernaturally in a heart. It's, it's God looking at a person's heart. And just that, that God was taking, or, or, or Jesus was telling Nicodemus that you had to have a different heart. You had to have a heart transplant. And that's really the message that needs to be proclaimed today. It's a heart transplant. It's not understanding a certain amount of 
facts about Christ. It's not going to church. It's not having a Bible. It's it's not even talking to people about prayer. It's it's really about a heart transplant. And so when Jesus tells him that, he's you know he's taken back. He he doesn't know what he means. Jesus makes it very clear, and we make it very clear today that there has to be a heart transplant in society today. Look at what we see. We we see mass rioting and burning and just all that we see on the street today in different parts of our country. I've never seen that before in my life, but here we're seeing it. And, and the reason we're seeing that is because people need a heart transplant. They need to understand that what they're doing is wrong, but the only way they're going to do that is when Jesus comes to live in their life. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so so that happened to me. In 1985, in May 1985, I was living in Bay City, Texas. I was working at South, South Texas Nuclear Project. And I would go home and, and, you know, there wasn't a lot to do in Bay City, Texas at that time. And so I remember scanning the channels for something to watch. And at that time, MTV was very popular. So I remember always looking for MTV. And I would come across this station and it was called the 700 Club. I'd never heard of it before. And so I'd watch it and I started mocking it. And I started mocking the guy that was on there. Uh, his name was Pat Robertson. And, you know, then I would turn the station and turn it to what I was looking for, which was MTV. And this went on for months. And I would run across it. I would look at it. But then it got to the point where I would come home from work and I would look for it. And I'd, and I'd want to know what this guy was saying. And I'd listen to it for a few minutes, and I would always kind of, you know, my flesh would check myself, and I would say, this is ridiculous, and I would move on. But then there came a point where I listened to it, and I I got convicted. I got convicted of my sin. I got convicted of my lifestyle. And I remember getting on my knees in Mayfair Apartments in Bay City, Texas, and praying the sinner's prayer with Pat Robertson. And my life was changed. It happened immediately. I felt something happen immediately. Now, this wasn't a Damascus Road experience like Paul had. I didn't have angels appearing to me, but something happened in my heart. That it was exactly what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. You have to be born again. There has to be a heart transplant. That's what happened to me. Amen. And Jim, I, I had a similar experience myself. I was quite the mess. Uh, drugs, alcohol, several marriages. I'd was just all about making Jerry Wyant a happy person. The whole problem with that is I had a void inside my heart and I was trying to fill it with something. And our bodies are created by God with a spirit that desires to be full of him. I didn't realize that until December 25th, Christmas day of 1984, when I woke up in a drunk tank in Cuero, Texas. And I walked outside, and my life was such a mess, I looked up into the heavens and asked God to change me. And I, I felt a heart change. I heard, I felt this stony heart come out and a heart of flesh being put in. And I, I went home, and I turned on the TV, much like Jim Hughes did, although to let Jesus come into their heart. I prayed that prayer with him, and it changed my life forever. That was over 30 years ago. And I've been serving God ever since. It's just amazing what he did. He took the very thing that I needed in my life and filled it. And that was the peace, love, and joy that only Jesus could bring. And I know it was such a struggle living a life of sin. It seems like fun, but I liken that to taking a ride on a Ferris wheel. 
You jump on it, you ride, ride, ride. It's a lot of fun, but you eventually have to get off the ride. And most people have to get back on that ride and keep riding it and try not to get off. And that's what happens with even alcohol, drugs, sexual addictions, pornography, all the things that entrap our our feeling that we're going to be happy doing it. Well, we can't be because our bodies and our spirit weren't made to do that. Our spirits were made to glorify God. Then until you get that transformation, as Jim was talking about, that heart change, you're always going to be hungry inside. Even you'll try to cover it up by doing things that make you feel good for a short while, but you still wake up empty. And what Jim is saying is the most powerful thing that anybody can do is to ask Jesus to change your life. Yeah, and that's really proclaiming, right? I mean, that's talking, that's preaching, that's discussing. That's what Jesus was doing. That's what Pat Robertson was doing with you and with me. And and that's really what how it happens. It amazes me how Christianity in America will do anything, do fundraisers, get out and picket, do, do things that even, you know, the, the world does a lot of. But there's one thing that we have struggle with, and that's proclaiming the gospel, talking to people about Jesus. That's what has to happen. And that's what happened to me. Let's listen to some of these statistics that I found concerning the differences between believers and unbelievers. Reach out to people by volunteering. Saved people do this about 45 to 49%. Non-saved, 44%. There's not a lot of difference there. Ever watched uh, X-rated movies? Save people, 35%. Non-save, 41%. Cheating on a test, something fairly simple. Save people do it, 30%. Non-save people do it, 27%. Had sex before marriage, save people, 23%. Non-save, 29%. Using illegal drugs, saved people, 4%. Non-save, 11%. So, what am I trying to say here? Well, what I'm saying is that there doesn't seem to be a lot of difference, and that's what people see. And so what they have to see is they have to see a transformation. They have to see something different. They have to see that there's something different about you. And the only way that happens is if somebody proclaims the gospel, somebody talks to people about Jesus. And that's really the gospel according to Jesus today is that we need to proclaim that because that message changes the hearts of people. It's it's not understanding a certain amount of facts. It's not going to church, doing your duty. You know, sometimes we, we think that God is this cosmic umpire and he's calling balls and strikes, and it's not that way. The Bible says that you must be born again. And in Revelations, it says the books were open and the book was open, the Lamb's Book of Life. In anyone's name that was not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world was cast into outer darkness. So really the objective here, Jerry, is to get your name in that book. And that's really what we're talking about. And that's what we're going to be talking about in these podcasts is that understanding God's word because it is a roadmap to life, a roadmap to peace, a roadmap to a better life, but also a relationship with the creator. So let's talk about that a little bit. Jerry, a relationship with the Creator. What what do I mean by that? And what what do you think people think when we say that? I look at just spend each day in quiet time getting to know God. So how do I do that? I read my Bible every morning. I pray every morning. I do communion as often as I can. But I, you have to have a relationship that you develop. 
then that's sometimes hard when you're walking in the wrong path. And until you give your life to Christ and become born again, your mind is stayed on things of the world. And in Romans 12, 2, it says, it warns us not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you, that you may know what the good, perfect, and acceptable will of the Father is. And how important it is in that relationship that we grow to know who he is. So we're not caught in famine after famine as the Israelites were. And we're seeing a pandemic now with this COVID-19. And I don't know if it's necessarily from God, but it's a time many people have begun to reflect on their lives as to where their relationship is, where they're going, because many people are dying around us each and every day. And if you don't know Christ, where are you going? It's so important to spend that time with him to know that you know that you know that if anything happens to you, you're going to heaven. Amen? Yeah, and, and, and listen to this scripture because that goes along with what you're saying. John fourteen twelve. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Well, let's just pause there a minute. What works did Jesus do? Well, he he talked to the world about how they can come out of their sin. He raised people from the dead. He spoke into people's lives. He knew their thoughts. There, there were all kinds of supernatural things that Jesus did while walking on this earth. And he says that we're going to, listen, and even greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Well, that's awesome. Well, what's the greatest work we need to do right now? We, we need to get the gospel message out. We need to get people to understand that they are not right with God, that probably what they're experiencing is more of a, a synthetic gospel than an authentic gospel. That doesn't have to be. I mean, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So authentic Christianity is not moaning and groaning about your life. It's really understanding how much God cares about you and turning your life over to him. So as we close out this podcast, I just want to give everybody an opportunity to really understand this, that if you're saying to yourself, I'm not sure that I know this Jesus that Jerry and Jim are talking about. Well, you can, and you can do that right now. The Bible says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I'm going to pray this prayer, Jerry, and I'm going to ask you to agree with me. And we're just going to pray that, you know, people that hear this are going to want to give their lives to Christ and they're going to want to be a new person. Amen. Amen. So everybody, just as you're listening to this, repeat this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know that I've made mistakes. I understand that I've done things that haven't been pleasing to you. I have sinned. Please forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, I open up my heart. I ask you to come in. Make me a new person. I don't want to be the person I used to be. I want to be a new person. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for writing my name down in your book. And thank you for giving me eternity. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we move forward with this, Jerry, we're going to keep opening the word. We're going to keep talking about the word and we're going to help quench that famine 
that's Amen. in the land today. Amen. 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 See you next time. All righty. Blessings. Bye-bye. <laughs>